First Initiative doing the Letter to Philippi broadcast as our first initiative of this new organization. And we will be adding new, new initiatives as time goes by. So uh, we are going here. And uh, we will get started. So good morning. And uh, we'll, this is Sean Inslee from lettertophilippi.org. And today we will be looking at uh, Philippians chapter 3, verses 4 through 6, as we continue our ongoing study through the book of Philippians. And, and before we get into our study, we'll have a quick word of prayer, and then a little background, and then go into what we call Paul's, Paul's Jewish resume, his, his listing here of his, of his Jewish background and his all of his, all of his uh, achievements as a faithful Jew. Oh Lord, you're good. We thank you for these words of your righteous servant, Paul. We thank you for this opportunity we have to study your word. We thank you for this, this uh, ability to share these words throughout our world via the internet. And we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you for our Messiah who gives us life and in whose name we pray. Amen. So we continue our study through the book of Philippians, and Paul is has been focused on throughout the book. There's the, the running theme of humility, of which we see positive examples of humility in Paul's life, and the lives of of Timothy and Epaphroditus, two men who served with Paul, and were familiar to the Philippians. And in the middle of this of this letter, in the the messianic hymn or the hymn to christ in philippians chapter 2 we see the highest example of humility that being messiah yeshua who came into our world in the humblest of, of births and died the death the most humiliating death the death on the roman cross the death for slaves so he came into this world to seek and to save in humility and and as a servant, a servant of humanity, a servant of the divine plan of the Father. And then in this third chapter of Philippians, we get to see what, what Dr. David Stern called a negative example of humility, that being an issue of pride, that the, that the, the second verse in chapter 3 of Philippians warns about these people that he refers to as dogs, evil workers, and mutilated ones. So, so the, these these epitaphs are used for false teachers. We don't know the identity of these false teachers, but we just know these epitaphs that are are describing. Are uh, Paul is using to describe them, and and these these short descriptions would be something that the Philippian community would know who who he was talking about. These by these actions, they would know who they are, and as we've seen, as I've seen through my research. There, for you know, since the since the time of of the of the Christian teacher and church father John Chrysostom, this chapter has been understood and continues to be in, in in Christian commentaries as Paul's renunciation of circumcision, his rejection of circumcision for all believers in Yeshua, including Jewish believers who are continuing to to live their lives 
as Jews, he he calls them to, he calls all believers to understand the circumcision is done away with in this chapter, of which we know that that is incorrect, that, that there still is the covenant responsibility for all Jews, those who believe in Yeshua as Messiah, those who don't believe in Yeshua as Messiah, to, to take that physical circumcision of Jewish males as a sign of the covenant. So Paul here, Paul here is confronting false teaching. The, most, the broadest understanding is that he's, is, is he is he is confronting those who are looking to push circumcision, regional circumcision, break law on on Gentile converts to to Yeshua faith. That they that they these false teachers, like what we saw in in Paul's letter to Galatia, that, that these outsiders were coming in and saying that they they were had a higher status. They were in essence super believers because they were Yeshua followers, but also circumcised, and they were calling the Philippians to be super believers by them by doing the same. And though, and though it's it's something I've in, in a comment from one of my from my earlier talks on Philippians chapter three two, we had one of our one of our viewers comment that there's a possibility that I had not considered and is actually is not considered in the research that I found is that these three descriptors dogs, evil workers, and mutilators could be three different groups because usually just all say they're all one. As I said, that the the overwhelming opinion of uh, Christian interpretation is that these were were Jews, or that they were they were non-Jews who were who were uh, calling these Gentiles to be circumcised. So the question is is over circumcision. But as but but the interesting thing he pointed out is that these these could be three different false teaching groups they were confronting. And that's something I, want, I will want to do some more research to look into. And rather than saying that, you know, though it is, is clear that that this this was, that Paul was not rejecting Brit Malak, because as we see from his own example, he circumcised Timothy before their their second missionary journey, that Paul, Paul understood the import of circumcision for for Jewish males, so so we so this here we, we know right right from the top that 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 in in chapter three verse two, when he talks about those who are mutilated, he's not referring to Brit Malah's mutilation, but to a false teaching about circumcision that becomes mutilation. And actually, in what readings I had, they also saw it as a spiritual spiritual mutilation as the as these Gentiles. If they were to be circumcised, that, that that they were somehow questioning their Yeshua faith, that Yeshua was not enough. They had to add to their Yeshua faith, which was a completely wrong, a wrong teaching and something that Paul had to confront. So, so now as he as he's he's talked about talked about that that he that is we who are the circumcised. We worship the Spirit of God and boast of the Messiah Yeshua. In verse three, three, he concludes: We do not put confidence in human qualifications. 
So as Paul as Paul is, has been teaching, is that anything he was to boast about, anything that he was to have pride about, was to be in the Messiah and boasting in the Messiah and boasting about the greatness of the Messiah and doing all he can, not for his own qualifications, not about himself, but 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 putting all the all the boasting on Yeshua, the one who is our Redeemer, the one who is the one who is worthy of all praise and the one, as we see in, in Philippians 2, will be the one to which all knees will bow. Uh, any, any boasting, any sense of pride Paul has is because of the Messiah and, and to the Messiah's glory, not about himself, but for the glory of the King Messiah. So then we come to verse chapter in chapter 3, verses 4 through 6. The section they call Paul's Jewish resume, that uh, Paul will lay out his Jewish background, his his uh, connection to the Jewish people, in speaking to about these false teachers coming. And we read in verses four through six. Even though I certainly have grounds for putting confidence in such things, if anything else. If anyone else thinks he has grounds for putting confidence in human qualifications, I have better grounds. Barit Malah on the eighth day, my birth belonging to the people of Israel, from the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew speaker with Hebrew-speaking parents, in regard to the Torah, a parush, in regard to zeal, a persecutor of the Messianic community, in regard to the righteousness demanded by legalism, blameless. So Paul lays out his his, uh, his background. Interesting here, as he's talking about, that he's he's not boasting about himself that he, as he ends chapter three, but in essence here is saying, if I was going to boast, if I was going to to engage these false teachers who had pride over over whatever it was that they had in their false teaching, you know, whether whether it was was be the somehow somehow they, they thought they were better some way. They were more. They were super believers because of of some knowledge they have. You know, it could be some mystical teaching that they that they hold to, or it could be the fact that they were Gentile Yeshua believers who had also been circumcised. Somehow, they saw that as as a higher status for for them. But Paul here is saying, you know, if you know, though though I all of my boasting is about Yeshua, all of my all my all praise should go to Yeshua. He is the only one who is worthy of acknowledgement. But if I were to boast about, if I were to challenge these people who are boasting about their uh, their background or or uh, their Jewish creds, this is what mine what I have, and and I'm gonna I'm going to blow away pretty much anyone who comes to me because of of my background because. I was circumcised on the eighth day. I was from the. I was born a Jew, physical descendant of Abraham. I am from Benjamin's tribe. I know that my tribe that I'm from. I'm from the tribe of Benjamin. A Hebrew speaker with Hebrew speaking parents. That that in my home we spoke Hebrew. In regard to zeal, in regard to Torah, Purush. In regard to my observance, I was a Purush. I was one of the most serious serious observers of Torah. In regard to zeal, a persecutor of the Messianic community. You talk about zealousness for my faith. 
I persecuted the messianic unity. I I was so zealous for 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 my for Judaism for my understanding of my Jewish faith. I actually saw saw to the death of Yeshua followers, starting with starting with Stephen, and he went through out 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 the 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 uh, the land to find other messianic jews so he's saying if you want to compare it about zealousness for zealousness i have persecuted the messianic community i went right after the community in regard to righteousness demanded by legalism blameless as a, as looking to my observance of torah my observance of jewish tradition jewish practice i was blameless before before on that So part so 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 he now he's now goes in after he say after he makes the point that that uh, if we were going to have a a a challenge over our backgrounds and our our status then then he says this is what I have you know it's really can't be c compared to many commentators see these verses Paul trying to out credential the opponents who are advocating for Gentile circumcision and Torah observance for Gentiles by putting forward his spectacular Jewish resume. So one one way this has been interpreted, as I, as I was speaking earlier, is that Paul was saying, saying in here that, you know, not that I'm boasting myself, but if I were, this is what my resume says. Go ahead, look at it. I can't be compared to, you know, if you if you were just a a Gentile who'd been who had been uh, circumcised and think that. That makes you, you know, you know, more important. Have a greater status because I'm actually a born Jew, lived my life within in Judaism, lived my life flawlessly, and lived my life according to the the uh, the teachings of the of the Pharisees. That I was, you know, I I was and am, you know, more more dedicated to Jewish life and. Both, both in birth and through practice. So those that are saying that he was somehow here, here, uh, that trying to out out credential these false teachers, rather than seeking out credentials opponents, another way of looking at this is Paul here is placing before the Philippians his authority as a teacher of these of them as Philippian Gentiles. That Paul here in bringing forth his Jewish resume. Is is showing his authority as their teacher that he he has this background not for pride, not to somehow out credential these false teachers, but to say this is my this is my connection. I am I am you know I'm a born Jew. I live my life as a faithful Jew. I live my life now as a faithful Jew, and I am one that has the authority over the teachers. I am the the apostle of the Gentiles. I'm the one that you should listen to. I am the teacher that, that has the com the complete pure message for you. I am the one that has the authority to be your teacher. And these outsiders do not have the authority. They're their only only authority is in their in their self, in their own pride. But my authority is from my background and from my calling and my place as the apostle of the Gentiles. 
Paul's instructing them that, that the new life within their Jewish life as Gentiles and his authority over his opponents were trying to bring the Philippian Yeshua followers in conformity with their former pagan life and norms of society. So Paul clarifies that not only, only is he a Jew, but he's a Jew par excellence. We see that, that he comes from observant parents who had him circumcised on the eighth day to observe Torah commands. According to Theodoret, one of the early church fathers cited in the ancient Christian commentary on scripture, Paul boasted his authority by, by specifying his descent from Benjamin, the son of Rachel, Jacob's beloved wife. So in his resume, Paul says, I'm a, I am from the tribe of Benjamin. Benjamin. I'm a descendant of Benjamin, the son of Rachel, the, the beloved wife of, of Jacob. To say one, not only am I am I am I a born Jew, but I'm a descendant of Jacob. I'm a descendant of Jacob's beloved wife Rachel. I'm a descendant of Benjamin. So any any kind of connection or or teaching about Judaism or Jewish practice by these false teachers, Paul says, I'm a descendant of Benjamin. I'm a descendant of the of the beloved wife of Jacob, the father. Of the, of the of the twelve tribes, in these verses, Paul speaks of his connection and his zealous practice of Judaism. He was a student of the great Jewish sage Gamaliel, which we read about in Acts chapter twenty-two, and sought to advance in his learning and practice of Judaism to exceed his peers, which we read about in Galatians chapter one fourteen, to prove himself as a faithful and zealous Jew for Torah. Paul here showed no dissatisfaction concerning his life as a Jew, as one who practiced Judaism with zeal, even going as far as claiming to be blameless about Torah. So Paul here is, is, is also bolstering his, his authority as a teacher with him, saying that I studied at the feet of, of, of Gamaliel, one of the great sages of the of the first century, first century, and one of the great sages of of the Jewish tradition that he says you know if you want to know about living life within Jewish parameters and following the God of Israel and walking in his ways I learned at the feet of Gamaliel one of the great sages of the Jewish people and I as his student have have the authority to be your teacher and if you want to know how to live within your new life as Gentiles following the God of Israel, walking in in, a, in Jewish faith and following the Messiah of Israel, I have that authority as the one who has learned from the great teacher Gamaliel. According to Dr. David Friedman, speaks Paul speaks in the present tense of his life as a parush, as a Pharisee. When presenting his Jewish resume, Paul here, in contrast to those who who say that at, you know, that at his his encounter with Yeshua on the road to Damascus, the the Jewish Paul, the Pharisee Paul, in essence, died at that point, and he came back to life as 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 Paul, the Christian missionary, that his life as a Jew and his life as a Pharisee ended 
with his encounter with Yeshua and his becoming a Christian that Paul that Paul had left his faith becoming a follower of Yeshua Paul left his his Jewish background his Pharise his Pharisaical background but here we see that Paul is writing to the Philippians that as I said around 60 62 of the common era near the end of his life speaks in the present tense that he of him being uh, being a Pharisee as a Perush even even now now 20 or 30 years after his encounter with Yeshua he still ref, re, refers to himself in the present tense as a Perush as a Pharisee his understanding of Jewish life his practice of Jewish life was as a Pharisee as a committed committed observant Jew following following the Torah commands and the traditions of of the fathers and Paul's zeal was motivated him to succeed in traditional Jewish studies as he sought the highest level of Torah observance taught by his teachers. Paul underscored in Acts 1.14 that his zealousness included his zeal for the oral Torah, the tradition passed on by his ancestors. So not so Paul is saying, even now, as a Yeshua believer for over 20 years, as a as a one proclaiming the gospel of Messiah Yeshua, I still am an observant Jew. I understand my faith as a Pharisee that follows follows the Jewish Messiah Yeshua. He did not leave Judaism to become a Christian, as is common in the understanding of of uh, Christian readings of this passage. But Paul here says, "I am now even." At the end of my life, a committed Jew, a faithful, observant Jew that follows Yeshua, our righteous Messiah. Unfortunately, he admits that his zealousness for his religious practice led him to persecute the followers of Yeshua and seek to destroy the Messian community. That his zeal for Judaism, his zeal for, for his understanding of, of Torah and Jewish experience, caused him to be so zealous that he wanted to stamp out the early Messianic community, that his, his zeal was, uh, his zeal for Judaism, his zeal for his faith caused him to seek to destroy the Messianic community. But that zeal was, was re retargeted once he encountered Yeshua on the road to Damascus. And his zeal then became for, Again, went from destroying the Messianic community to building it up, and he is responsible for the spread throughout what we would look as as the, the the rest of the common of the common world of his time. In the detailed listing of his Jewish credentials, Paul expresses confidence in them. In verse four, he also sees. He, he, he said that he expressed confidence that, that that confidence he could express in these in these parts of his background but as we say his he here 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 he is making clear that any boasting is in the Messiah that he that this is all of this is something that we'll see later in the chapter is that everything about him everything that he considers his his great, accomplishments 
are nothing in comparison to knowing the Messiah. Mostly Paul's connection is abiding connection to the Jewish people when he warmly describes them in Romans 9, 4 through 5. As we read in chapter 2. And, the, and this, this is from uh, Romans chapter 9, verses 4 through 5, that the, the Apostle Paul speaks about the Jewish people, speaks about his people, the people of Israel. And he says, the people of Israel, they were made God's children. The Shekinah, the glory of God, has been with them. The covenants are there. Likewise, the giving of the Torah, the temple service, and the promises. The patriarchs are there. And from them, as far as physical descent, is concerned, came the Messiah was over all. Praise be Adonai forever. Amen. In stating that he's a Hebrew speaker with Hebrew-speaking parents, Paul emphasized that he lived within a Hebrew-speaking community and, and family, and therefore had a higher status than diaspora Jews. Paul expresses to his opponents, who focused on human qualifications, that he had better qualifications than they did, which could indicate his opponents were, had some teaching that was related to Judaism. Paul points out his lifelong Jewish status as well as status as a Hebrew speaker. Paul's listing of his Jewish credentials and heritage in Philippians 3, 4 through 6, and in Romans 9, 4 through 5, brings to mind the Passover song, Dainu. In this song sung during the Passover Seder, we see a progression of 15 miracles performed by God for the Jewish people. Number one, if he had brought us out of Egypt. Number two, if he had executed justice upon the Egyptians. Number three, if he had executed justice upon their gods. Number four, if he had slain their firstborn. Number five, if he had given us their health and wealth. Number six, if he had split the sea for us. Number seven, if he had led us through on dry land. Eight, if he had drawn, drowned our oppressors. Nine, if he had provided for our needs in the wilderness for 40 years. Number 10, if he had led, fed us on manna. 11, if he had given us Shabbat. Number 12, if he had led us to Mount Sinai. 13, if he had given us the Torah. Number 14, if he had brought us in the land of Israel. And number 15, if he built the temple for us, Dainu. Following the recitation of these miraculous events in the chorus of Dainu, a Hebrew word meaning that would have been enough. The recitation of each of these miracles from being brought out of Egypt, the building of the Holy Temple in Jerusalem, would in its own right be a sufficient blessing. Each of these 15 on their own would be sufficient blessings. Dainu, that would have been enough. But God did more and more, and we have these 15, 15 blessings that were were given to the Jewish people, given to, to us by God. And Paul is likewise listing out his Jewish credentials, minus his persecution of believers, as blessings from God, each of which is of great value, such as each of the miracles in the song, Dainu which can stand alone as a miraculous acts of the love for Israel by God, 
with each new miracle being more of a blessing. And Paul here in listing out, listing out his, uh, his Jewish resume, his, all the, the greatness of his Jewish background, his descent from, from Jewish parents, his descent from Benjamin, his being raised in a Hebrew speaking home, his, his teaching at the feet of Gamaliel, his zealousness for Torah and his life as a parush. All of these are blessings from God that like in Dainu, he, as he lists them, these are not about him and for his glory, but it's for the, the honor and boasting about the wonder of God that all of this was done for him. All of this, this wonder is, is in his background, in his life growing up, in his current position today as a faithful Jew following the Jewish Messiah. After Paul's extensive listing of all that he can boast about in his Jewish resume, all that he had from birth and practice, Paul made clear to the Philippians that his only source of, Jew, of true confidence was in Yeshua and in union with the Messiah as his sole focus. Though, though Paul, Paul sees these things are, as greatly important and blessings from God, as he says, his only confidence is in the Messiah. His only confidence is in Yeshua and becoming more and living in union with Messiah. So whatever whatever accomplishments he had were, were secondary, and even as we'll see that he'll consider them worthless in connection to knowing Yeshua, that Yeshua was his only boast. Whatever accomplishments of life he had, it was all for and to the glory of the God of Israel and to give honor to the Messiah, Yeshua. And that is his sole focus. You know, for these false teachers, they were boasting in themselves. They were prideful about whatever accomplishments or teachings or practices that they had. And Paul, Paul confronts them saying, I don't put confidence in the flesh. I don't put confidence in my own physical background and other things. My only confidence is in the Messiah. And he is calling on the Philippian community to understand that the only status that is important to them, the only thing that is worth boasting and being proud about is being in union with the Messiah, is only in connection with the Messiah, only by living more and more, modeling the Messiah, that is the only boast. That is the only thing that is of, tr of true worth. Everything that we can do, any accomplishments we can have, any anything is less than knowing Messiah. Knowing Messiah is the most important part of life. So with that, we conclude our look for today at, the, at, at Paul's Jewish resume as he was confronting these false teachers that came into Philippi who were who were overcome with pride in their in their circumstance and their 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 taking on on a teaching or practice that somehow that they were commending on the Philippians to be of a higher status. But Paul here is saying the only status we need to focus on is to being like the Messiah and knowing the Messiah more. Nothing else is of import. No other teaching or practice or anything has any import. 
except knowing the Messiah. And Paul will will emphasize it even more as we look at these following verses in chapter 3, where he will say everything about his life is, is worthless. The only thing of value is knowing the Messiah. So that will include our time today. Thank you for watching the Letter to Philippi live broadcast here on Instagram Live. It appears we've dropped out on Instagram Live, so I'll have to post the video to uh, IGTV. But we are on Facebook Live, Twitter Live, and YouTube Live. And uh, we'll have to continue working on that. It appears that the Instagram Live dropped out during the broadcast. And again, my name is Sean Imsley. I'm uh, the founder of Letter to Philippi, a new Messianic Jewish theological organization. And uh, research and biblical teaching is what we do and what we look to build a 21st century Messianic Jewish theology. It's firmly grounded in the scriptures of Israel and the tradition of Israel. And we like you, if you have any, any questions about our, our work, just go to our website letter to philippi.org you can fill out our contact form if you have any prayer requests i want to be praying for those of you who are watching the program so uh leave your prayer requests there if you've missed any of these classes they are available in both video and audio form in our on our teaching teaching link and also this is this our audio is actually going out on apple Podcasts. so if you subscribe to podcast via apple for your for your iPod or iPhone, just uh, look for Letter to Philippi, and you can get that on your each of our broadcasts as they are posted on your iPhone. And uh, if you like to uh, make a contribution to this work to help us to continue to bring these broadcasts to you, and also to expand our work work in our research, there's a a giving page on our our website, letterphilippi.org. And uh, that will conclude our time for today. We'll have a closing word of prayer, and we'll see you tomorrow as we look at uh, Philippians chapter 3, starting with verse 7, and Paul speaking about the cost of knowing Messiah Yeshua. What does it mean to know Messiah and to be a true Talmudim of Yeshua? So we'll close now with a word of prayer. Oh Lord, you are good. We thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity to look into your word and help it to mold our lives, become more and more like the Messiah as we study your word. We thank you for this day. We thank you for these words from your righteous servant, Paul, that he, he gave the people of Philippi and, and now to us here today. We thank you for your love. We thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity to study your holy word. And we thank you for Messiah Yeshua, who is our life, in whose holy name we pray. Amen. So thank you for watching, everyone. And uh, we will be back tomorrow at 12 p.m. Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 p.m. Jerusalem Time on Facebook Live, Instagram Live, YouTube Live, Twitter Live, and on lettertophilippi.org. So see you tomorrow. Shalom for now.